Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Morning, good morning, good morning, bye and shine. You're on with the new time with Pastor Steph. How are you this morning? That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made that us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you last week? Well, due to Block Radio being down on Monday and Tuesday, we did not have any shows. However, we did get an opportunity to start our week with Wow Wednesday. And we started with our girl Vivian and our socially conscious segment. Well, Vivian talked about the school bus driver shortage delays that cause our children to be dropped off at 10 o'clock at night. Now, imagine, imagine living in Kentucky and your children are not dropped off until midnight almost. Oh, my goodness. Well, unfortunately, they've been delayed in not only Kentucky, but Florida and Kansas. Now, I don't know. If in Florida and Kansas, they are dropping children off at 10 o'clock at night. But, unfortunately, in Kansas, they are. So, they are really trying to get themselves together as the school year has gotten underway to a real bad start. Well, in Missouri, they're experiencing their own problem because they have transitioned into a four-day school schedule in order to tackle the teacher shortage there. Well, unfortunately, they've got another problem. Parents have got to be to work despite the fact that school is not in session, and they have come up with a 30-day child care program but can everybody afford that? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. So they say that the teacher applications are pouring in. And, you know, is this, like, really a remedy? Because are you going to be able to vet these people? You know, it does take some time to get feedback 
and information and get some clearance on some fingerprints and some background checks and things like that. So I don't know how quickly Missouri is going to be able to kind of bounce back into a five-day weekend. Well, in New York, we have our own problems, and it sure ain't the school above the migrants being put on the grounds of Creed more mental facilities. Yes, they have this tension that has been put up for 1,000 days. Now, as of last week, when Vivian spoke to us, there were 100 people, men, there already. We had this group for active chicken pox, COVID, TB. They did have security, you know, 24 7. I don't know. I don't know. The people weren't picketing also. So I don't know if that is going to be a real remedy over there on the grounds of Creedmoor. If they're going to be really happy, I don't know. I don't know. You know, they don't want necessarily all of these um, people kind of walking around and floating around over there on their mental illness. Well, Thursday, Therapeutic Thursday rolled around and we talked about the, I mean, the Minnesota entire Police department there is a small town that's a little over a thousand people, and unfortunately, all of them walked out. Yeah, they weren't happy with the pay. You know, they went. They were paying. They were being paid twenty-two dollars an hour, and they wanted thirty dollars an hour. That clearly another town was paying their police department. And, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, was that police department covering a larger territory? You know, not all the time can we look over and look at the, you know, grass and think it's greener on their side. It's only a thousand people that you're covering. And, you know, we wanted to know, well, you know, coming from a city like New York, what kind of activity were you, you know, getting in a city that was just a little over 1,000 people? Did you really need to be paid $30 an hour? I don't know. I don't know. We're not there. We don't know. And clearly, they had their own issues over there. Well, let's see. Friday. Freestyle Friday rolled around and oh, did we have some conversation on Friday? Well, we talked about hmm, the young man who was ADHD. Now, this was really a, a challenging one on Thursday because we had a story about a young man who had been diagnosed with ADHD, and he's been sentenced to 11 years for sexual assault 
of a girl doing during a remote learning class during the time when COVID was going on and the children were home. And you know, they they had they had a statement and I'm kind of hesitant, you know, about saying it. Not that I don't want to talk about it, but we had a hard time with the story actually. Because of you know, of course, all kinds of defense will be pulled out of you know, the woodwork. Well, his attorney claims that he's been diagnosed with ADHD and that impairs his ability to control his impulses. Now, oh boy, you have this young man who was 17 at the time who was forcing this uh, young child to perform sexual acts on him. And now you raise the issue that he has ADHD and that could be the reason why you know he did that because it wasn't one time unfortunately you know upon asking the the little girl what had been going on how long it had been going on she said it wasn't the first time it happened a couple of times and for you to be uh, you know, an attorney. You know, they listen. I guess they they try to get their, you know, their client off by any means necessary, as we know it to be. And unfortunately, that's what he said. That was the defense that was being made. So uh, we had a real big discussion about this particular story. So you might want to go back and listen. To what we had to say in response to that degree of defense. That's how we spend our week last week here on the Street Time with Pastor So, how was your weekend? And now that that's going, we are now back to Monday, where we are shaking the Monday morning booth. Already, 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 we are back here together again, and we're also a new week. And uh, I wonder what this week is going to bring over here. Yeah. Well, we got some stuff happening, and we are excited to get this week jumping. You know, again, how was your weekend, and was it exciting? Well, it wasn't too exciting over here. Work, 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 but God has been good, and I am bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and here for you today. So, let's get this morning started. Go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's the time with Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. Hello. My name is Captain Boone with Metro Police. And my message to you today is, in a split-second effort, 
to try to beat a train at a grade crossing, using the tracks as a shortcut or even just a recreational path can be a traumatic experience for all. Families, communities, railroad employees are all affected by these actions yearly. See tracks, think train. Good morning and good morning again. Welcome back to a new time with Pastor Steph. Well, you heard the PSA. It is rail awareness and speed track thing train. You know, it's sad. I got to tell you, it's sad that we actually have to have PSAs that say speed track thing train where people would really consider consider crossing the railroad track and you got to really now come up with an awareness for something like that you know oh boy well again giving god thanks that we're all here together once again and i am so excited to be here with you and uh, you know how we start our Monday mornings off. We got our health tips for the morning. So let's see what we're talking about here. Well, this morning we're talking about the dry eye symptoms. <laughs> Yes, there are some dry eye symptoms that they're saying we should never ignore, okay? So come on, come on, get those pens and papers out. You're not going to be able to commit all of this to memory, so I'm going to give you a five, four, three, two, one. Gritty, scratchy eyes. They say we should not ignore gritty, scratchy eyes. They say you might not notice or, you know, that your eyes are producing enough tears. You know, it may not be. It may not be. They say, but you'll feel it. And they say those dry, gritty, and scratchy eyes are something that you cannot ignore. They say it's a classic symptom of dry eye syndrome. Okay, you can use artificial tears to restore some of the moisture, but don't ignore this system because I'm sorry, because it will only get worse and require more treatment. Okay, I know you know we are just a group of people who we try to find the quickest way to resolve issues and. You know, getting those 
you know, artificial is really not going to be the best thing to do on a long-term basis. So if you notice, they got to keep going and getting them because that's not helping after a while. Make sure you go to an eye doctor and discuss what that could come from and to possibly, they say, get some eye inserts that can help lubricate the eyes. Now, this is the first time I'm hearing about that. Okay? Well, the second thing they're saying about your eyes, stringy mucus in your eyes. Ooh. Now, I got to tell you, that's one of the things that I kind of suffer with. They say with dry eye syndrome, you might not expect to have thin, stringy mucus in your eyes, but a lot of people do experience this. They say your tears are made out of a blend of oil, water, and mucus. And without enough water to even out the oil and mucus in your tear film, you wind up with this imbalance. And they say that imbalance leads to a kind of stringy discharge. If you notice this discharge, talk to your eye doctor about it. And whether using artificial tears might be the help that you need, okay? Or you might have to use something that is a little more effective, okay? We're talking about symptoms that are going on in your eyes that they say do not ignore. Sensitivity to light. Okay? Now, this is also known as photophobia, a sensitivity to light. And they say is one possible symptom of dry eye syndrome. So the first thing you're talking about is this dry eye syndrome. They say if you find yourself wincing and bright lights both inside and out or even donning sunglasses to ward off the glare that wouldn't normally bother you, you may have a problem. So they say while photophobia is often a symptom of a chronic case of dry eye syndrome, it might also be a sign of other eye conditions, okay? So that's why it's important to Speak to your eye doctor and let him or her know that you are experiencing this sensitivity to light. All righty? Okay. Blurred vision. Okay. They say if you sit down to some reading material and your eyes are blurry, or you're sitting down at that iPad or tablet or that phone and the text is blurry. They say a lot of people kind of ignore that. But again, dry eyes might be the reason why your vision is affected. They say always be concerned, excuse me, because this impacts your ability to see clearly and focus. Again, this artificial tears may clear up the problem, but 
you need to tell your doctor if you are having consistent blurred vision because it may not be this dry eye syndrome, okay? Well, I don't know about you, but this is the first time I'm hearing this dry eye syndrome can be the cause of so many different issues in your eyes, okay? Ah, they say that pesky eye infection, if you continue to have eye infections, okay, they say that dry eye syndrome could be the reason why your eyes are not adequately moisturized. And you may start developing eye infections on a regular basis. And they say if that is the issue, you definitely don't want to ignore that because they say continual eye infections can lead to more permanent damage to your cornea. All righty. So. You definitely, if you have eye infections and things like that, you don't want to play with your eyes. Alrighty? Alright. Pain in your eyes. Okay? They say wearing contact lenses that are already dry and irritated can be painful. So they say try wearing your glasses for a few days to see if the pain goes away. If it doesn't, make sure you contact your eye doctor. If you have stinging or burning in your eyes and you don't even wear contact lenses, up you need to get to that eye doctor. They say those artificial tears may help with the symptom, but I would definitely go to your eye doctor if you're having pain in your eyes. Okay? All right. Another symptom, watery eyes. Now, you surely ain't got no business going for artificial tears if you got watery eyes, right? Okay. So, they say, believe it or not, <laughs> watery eyes are a symptom of dry eye syndrome. Yes, they say excessive tearing can be a symptom of dry eyes. The problem is, they say the composition of your tears may not be quite right and not effective at moisturizing your eye. This can irritate the surface of your eye, and as a result, you'll produce excessive tears as your eye tries to get rid of the irritant. Whoa, let me read that again. Let me read that again because I don't want you to miss this because that is a lot. Okay? So they're saying the composition of your tears may not be quite right and not effective at moisturizing your eye. So this can irritate the surface of your eye, which may feel like something has been splashed in your eye. And uh, as a result, you'll produce excessive tears as your eye tries to get rid of that irritant. 
Okay. So, they say, ultimately, the overproduction of tears in response to your dry, gritty eyes may overwhelm your eyes' normal tear drainage system. Either way, excessively tearing eyes can make it hard to see, drive, or function normally. So, get to that ophthalmologist to find out what you should do next. Okay. Now, also, as we get um, older, the eyes will begin to do a lot of things. And I want to tell you a little story why you can't ever underestimate you know, what's going on with your body. You know, years ago, we used to talk about and sing the song, you know, the knee bone connected to the this bone and the this bone connected to the... Do you realize that your body is so connected? I have fibromyalgia, as I've told you many times, and I was actually going for an eye exam. And one of my complaints to the eye doctor is the fact that my eyes were constantly going blurry. I couldn't figure out what in the world was happening. Like, as I was blinking, I had my glasses on, yet I couldn't see. And I was like, what in the world is happening? And this was at the normal eye exam. I didn't go early, you know, than I should have or something like that. I just was chatting. And I'm always chatting. Um, which is why I guess God chose me to do a talk show. <laughs> but I was always chatty, always chatty. I'm always chatty. So as he's examining my eyes and I'm chatting with the eye doctor, as he's asking little questions and things like that, I just happen to say I have fibromyalgia. And he pushes his chair back. And he goes, you know how they're up on your, you know, they're making those lenses different. You know how they click, 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 and all those things going on. And he says, wait a minute, you have fibromyalgia? And I was like, yeah. He says, why didn't you say so? And I was like, why? I didn't know I was supposed to say something. He was like, listen to me. When you come to the eye doctor, he says, I want you to begin to tell us, whether it's me, my partner, if you change eye doctors, he said, tell them about your the changes in your body. Tell them about the changes in your health conditions, whether you have high blood pressure, diabetes, all of these kind of things. Now, the diabetes, I knew to say because as my mother was a diabetic, she constantly had to change her eye prescription. Yes, when you're a diabetic, your eyes change a lot because your the fluctuation of the glucose in your body changes your vision. So you may constantly have to get a prescription change. So I know to say that. He says, but always make it a habit of any of diagnosis, any new diagnosis between the time you see your eye doctor, he said, because 
fibromyalgia, he said, is what? I said, like the weakening of the muscles and the joints and things like that. He said, muscles. The key word is muscles. And I was like, okay. He said, there's muscles in your eyes. He said, that's why you're experiencing so much blurriness. He said, because your eyes, your muscles in your eyes cause your eyes to weaken in the vision. He said, so as your muscles are fluctuating, Pastor Steph will be right back on. Fibromyalgia um, also weaken, not just the muscles in your body, you know, hands, arms, fingers, toes, everywhere, the muscles everywhere. So you would experience blurriness in your vision. So that's my little story to you today to make sure, excuse me, that you discuss everything with your eye doctor. You know, so here it is, we're talking about the conditions in your eyes, some symptoms that you should never ignore. And I'll go over it again. Your gritty, scratchy eyes, do not ignore. Stringy mucus in your eyes, do not ignore. Sensitivity to light, do not ignore. Blood vision, do not ignore. More frequent eye infections, definitely don't ignore. Pain in your eye, don't ignore. And watery eyes, don't ignore. Okay, we can't afford to ignore anything that's going on in our eyes for the record. All of those particular symptoms could be um, dry eye condition. And you want to make sure you get to the eye doctor early enough so that it does not produce bigger 
problems, okay? Just don't keep running and getting those mm, those uh, dry. So now up to our news. So, hmm, sorry for that, <laughs> excuse me, rude interruption. What are we talking about this morning? All right. Now, I don't know if you're surprised. I am definitely not surprised. This was a listener-submitted story last week, and I kind of held off because I had a feeling like something was going to pop up. Well, excuse me, oh my goodness. Last week, there was this story about this toddler who disappeared, and the 23-year-old father claimed that, you know, there was someone who approached him, um, and abducted the little boy um, at gunpoint, and the mama said that this is what the father said happened. And, you know, we've just been reading too often, you know, back to back to back, you know, about these people and their lives. And, you know, let me tell you something. <clears throat> if you're in the hood, very few people are abducting your children at gunpoint. I'm sorry. They just don't love us like that. If somebody did abduct your child at gunpoint, you know, it's just like what the, you know, article said that the uh, police thought it may have been drugs or something like that. Listen, we if we ain't got no money, people are not abducting our children. They are not walking up on us taking our kids at gunpoint. That's just, listen, at 56, I have never heard of this happening in the hood, and I've grown up in the hood, and I've been, I was raised in the hood, and I've been in the hood ever since. So, I don't know, something just didn't sound right, and sure enough, it comes back that they have arrested this father, and they don't believe that little Josiah, two years old, who was reported missing was actually a product of some armed robbery that ended up with the, you know, thieves taking off with the child. They claimed that, you know, someone took him in a black, some dark sedan, and they, uh, he still had on his little pajamas. No, stop. Nobody believed that story. And they said that there was no armed robbery, nor kidnapping, and he's been arrested on charges of making false statements and false crime, a false report of a crime, and they still don't know where this baby is. And they say that the little boy's family is believing that he knows. Let me tell you something. Him and or the mama know. They know. They know where this little boy is. Now, the last time we heard of something going down in the hood, if you remember, that's when that couple in the Bronx put the baby in the stroller and claimed something had happened and, you know, they buried the little baby, you know, in the woods somewhere. Remember that? That didn't happen not too long ago. Listen, and that was the mother and the father. The father was the one who did the burying, but Mama was standing right there. She was the one who helped him put the baby in the stroller. 
wrapped the baby up in a blanket, and the baby was already dead. So listen, I'm not believing this mother does not know. I believe that little Josiah's um, parents know exactly what happened. Let me tell you why. You don't see her in the newspaper. There is not one article about her raising hell about where her baby is. So guess what? She knows. If she don't know, she suspects and she's not saying. So guess what? They both need to be locked up because she's holding on to some piece of information. All right? So unfortunately, you know, we also have this story of this woman who refused to give her two-year-old. What is it with these people and these little babies? It's like they haven't been here long enough to get on your nerves. Listen, y'all having a 37-year-old. <laughs> Uh, or a 24 going on 25 year old, or a 33 year old. Yeah, no, now they are getting on your nerves. <laughs> but you know, so you have this other situation where they're saying that this California mother is being accused of killing her daughter through a drug overdose. And refusing to get the dying baby any emergency medical care. Again, just like with this 23-year-old, this mother, 21 years old. She's arrested on Tuesday. They're holding her without bail. Good. And they're saying that they ended up, fire medical ended up arriving wherever they were, and taking the baby to a local hospital where she ended up dying later that evening. And they say they really have been trying to figure out what happened where this mother knew that this baby had consumed multiple medications and was displaying symptoms of overdosage and would not get the baby any help. Well, it doesn't take a detective to figure out that the baby got a hold of the medications because mama and probably gave it to her, and she was not going to respond to any um, behavior of overdoses because you gave it to her. So whatever she was doing, you expected her to do. Okay. Or mama was doped up herself, and when the baby was behaving like she was overdosing, she was out of it herself and could not do anything for the baby. So one of them two things are going to come out. Either, you know, either you purposely did not um, help the baby because you gave the baby the drugs, or you were doped up yourself and couldn't help the baby. One of the two. Okay? What else are we talking about before we get on the phone with our due time crew? Hmm. Let's see. Okay. So we're talking about we're talking about this migrant situation and how, you know, America has 
you know, they've invited these migrants from these other countries to come here, and they did not have the proper uh, housing for these people. Well, out in London, they have this local landlord who they are calling all kinds of names, and they have snagged him for renting out properties to tenants for five years after he was found guilty of multiple housing offenses already. And this time, they have him for renting up to 40 people in a four-bedroom property. Yeah. <laughs> you talk about raking in the dough. Homeboy was really trying to rake in the dough. They say that this slum lord, Vland, made about $457,000 from the tenants at one property in Wembley. And they said that the Officers found one of the tenants, they say, living in a lean-to shack. Now, I don't know what that is because that is definitely not terminology we use here in the United States. At least not here in New York. I've never heard of it. Made out of pallets and had no lighting or heating. They say that this land had previously been found guilty of housing offenses at another property back in January of 22 when officers discovered that he made buku dollars a month from uncontracted tenants. And they say the property had numerous issues, including fire safety violations, waste buildup, unhygienic conditions, and disrepair. They say at that time, so that's back in January of 22, he was fined $38,000 in our bill. Okay. They say that one of the Brent Council, and this is kind of like, I guess, housing on people, they say this was the first ban we have issued since they had this particular housing council has been given power. Um, in 2018 to ban these landlords under the Housing and Planning Act. And he has already breached his, they say if he breaches, um, if he breaches this five-year ban, he's going to um, face a prison sentence this go-around. They say that they have a zero-tolerance policy against these rogue landlords, and they are definitely going to hold him accountable. They say that these landlords, these slumlords, have been fined nearly 11, in our money, $11 million in the first three months of 2023. Well, that's because I guess they figure, why should these people have <laughs> any housing issues? We got housing. Now, it may not be up the ball, but we got a place to put them. Listen, $11 million, equivalent to $11 million 
in the first three months of 2023. Oh, my gosh. When they say one landlord in London was fined the equivalent of $146,000 after he illegally converted an extension on a property into another unit where he then put tenants in dirty conditions with a toilet less than, I guess they say one meter from the kitchen. So I guess where they are, they have to have like a certain, you know, space between the kitchen and the bathroom. But are you listening to these fines? These are fines. I mean, you're talking in the first three months, $11 million. Now, here's the thing. Either they have that many slumlords or they've got slumlords with a whole lot of money because these fines are heavy. Now, they're giving us in, you know, their their money, but they're also giving the conversion, and I'm giving you the conversion amount. So if y'all got that kind of money over in London, man, y'all got money, these landlords. Well, of course, my gallery always, you know, feeds me well. And, oh, so somebody sent me, remember I said I didn't understand that terminology, living in a lean-to shack? Well, go and look at what a lean-to shack is. It is some wooden pieces of, like, pallets. Like a pallet turned sideways. Everybody knows what a pallet is. You see them on the forklift. Those are those wooden crates, those flat crates that hold like heavy shipment. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's what they've been putting people in. And this leads to didn't even have a door that I was just saying. Wow. Well, what would they we call tent cities at? When you got a big old tent with a thousand beds in it, would that be legal in London? Because mm. uh, there's a whole lot of heat that's going to have to go underneath them tents when this weather starts shifting. Because those are tents. That's not any wall. That's not wood. It's not brick. It's not stone. But I'm curious as to find out what would y'all call what we call a tent city? And would you give them a fine in London for something like that? Wow. Wow. Okay. What else are we talking about? Mm, it's almost time for me to pull in my due time crew, which is very sparse today, by the way. So this might be a me and a one-on-one conversation. Well, you know, listen, whoever God leaves me with for my due time crew, we always end up rocking it out. So I miss my normals, but you know what? We got to do what we got to do. Um, well, they're talking about... Some other stuff here. 
What else are we talking about? That I'm talking about somebody dead or killed or anything like that. Hmm. Well, they're talking about this prison system out in Wisconsin. And they're saying that the prisoners have been in lockdown for days. And needless to say, one of the reasons why this is hitting the news is because they say prisoners locked in their cells for days on end report walls speckled with feces and blood. Birds have moved in, leaving droppings on the full trays and ice bags handed out to keep inmates cool. They've been blocked from visiting the law library. They say they have missed court deadlines and jeopardized appeals. They say they have been unable to access toilet paper. And one prisoner said he tore his clothes and made little, I guess, sheets or patches, they're calling them, and replacing the toilet paper with that. So he's wiping his bottom with his torn up clothing is what he's trying to tell everybody. Well, they say that uh, they've been forced to eat meals in their cell, no um, visits from family or friends. They haven't seen um, medical uh and they have not gotten any rec time, so there's been no recreation and uh, no fresh air, they said. No fresh air. Well, guess why? I'm going to give you five seconds to guess why. No staff! <laughs> so we found out there no last week that there are no bus drivers. We find out last week that there's no police department. We find out last week that there's no teachers. And this week, out in Wisconsin, they have no correctional officers. They say more than half of the prison's 284 full-time positions have remained unfilled. They say, and the shortages have severely crippled the facility from being able to operate safely. So I just got finished watching this movie um, last night. I don't know if any of you remember the movie Against the Wall. And it was made back in 1994. One of my favorite movies, actually. I don't know why it's my favorite, but one of my favorite movies. And it's actually a depiction of the uprising in Attica, upstate New York. And this is one of the reasons why they're locked down, because if you only got less than half your faculty and correction officers, you, you don't need to be letting the people out, and and I, I I don't I'm not saying it as though it's nice or right, but that's what you're going to end up with. They're going to see 
that there's no staff. And they're going to see that they can take over. And trust me when I tell you, they probably would. Now, they're saying, <laughs> I read one in one place where they said that the shortages are so bad in other areas. So this Wisconsin is not the only place where they're suffering at this shortage of inmates. But in other places, they have had to replace correction officers with nurses, teachers, and the cooks. They have had to use the nurses, the teachers, and the cooks to guard the inmates as nearly one-third of correctional officers' jobs sat vacant. And they're saying that's in the the federal prison. And they're saying in Texas, they also have had to lock the inmates in their cells on the weekends because of the shortages. So, man, oh, man, oh, man, when I tell you that the United States, I can't speak for other countries, but, man, this United States is suffering. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing that I find extremely interesting. You didn't have any of this issue prior to COVID. Never. We never heard of these things being so bad that there were no jobs so bad. We were so short that in the prison they had to use the nurses, the teachers, and the cooks to actually guard the inmates, that they actually had to lock down the, the, the inmates for the weekend that the inmates have to be locked down for so long and now there's unsanitary conditions. And let me tell you what else I find interesting. It's not like we've run out of people. We have the same amount of people, if not more. We ain't talking about the migrants. We're not talking about that. But we've got the same amount of people in the United States, if not more, and we we really got to say the same amount of people. And I'll tell you why. Because we in 2020, we're only in 2023. I mean, only a certain amount of people went from being able not to work to being able to work, be employable. You know, even if we had an abundance of babies, that ain't helping the workforce because they can't work, despite the fact that that would hinder some employment because those people um, can't work because there's also a shortage in the daycare workers. So you are, this country is being crippled. They're talking about the inmates. Um, suffering. This entire country right now is suffering. 
for now jobs are all over the place. Now think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. You've got shortages in the correctional facilities. So there's tons and tons of jobs there. You've got a shortage in teachers. So there's tons of jobs there. You've got a shortage in um, daycare workers. So there are tons of jobs there. Shortage of bus drivers, so there's tons. I mean, we're, we're talking about, let's say, eight areas alone. Alone. Where are the people? How come no one wants to work? Now, here's the thing. Remember when they went from the pandemic where everybody was getting money and they said that the reason why nobody wanted to work is because People were getting unemployment, and it made people lazy. Well, that has long stopped, long ago stopped. Now, I want you to send me, hit me up, hit me up and tell me why you believe we're having a problem. What is this employment issue? Because clearly, people are not applying for jobs. People are not applying for jobs. So that means, I'm going to tell you what that means. That also means that unemployment insurance is going to get shorter and shorter. Because do you realize that the unemployment insurance is given long enough for you to get a job? Oh, first person hit me up, says no one wants to work. But why? Why? Tell me why. Y'all tell me why y'all believe no one wants to work, because it's clear nobody wants to work. But what do you think is the reason? Now, I'll probably have a bunch of employed people reaching out, but let's go back to this unemployment thing. So at one point, you could get unemployment for a year. You just had to show that you could not find a job. Now they've cut it back again to six months. Why? Because the job market is full. There's a lot of jobs available. So now you may not get, you know, the same six months. You don't know because if they feel that you that the market is is that ripe, they don't have to give you unemployment that long. No, they can actually cut it. Now I don't know if they would less than six months because there's a lot of things that go into six months. You got to consider childcare. You got to consider, you know, just a whole lot of different things. You know, is job some jobs you you know declare it. You know, you have to be fingerprinted. You got to do a background check, and those things take a little bit of time. Um, they've got to sift through applicants. You know, so that's a take time. So, in all honesty, to get someone unemployment, you couldn't get unemployment if you have not worked at least six months within the prior year. So you're not going to get unemployment. You know, when you worked two years ago, make sense. Okay, makes sense. So you work, and then they give you unemployment for six months, 
and then you're off the unemployment line because they have jobs out here. Now, this is crazy. This is really crazy. Um, we're looking at all of these particular job areas. And listen, they're so vast. They're so vast. All right. Well, someone says, I think it's an increase. Let me read. Let me, let me pull this up. I think it's an increase in entrepreneurship. People are making money off everything. We have braiding camps, rug making, and so many other ideas um, that people are banking off of. We got all these illegal weed shops, plus everybody is a social media influencer these days. Entrepreneurship is booming. Now, there's some truth to that. But here's, here's where I, I'm, I'm scratching my head. Can you make money from being a social media influencer? Do they make money? If so, where's my dollars? Because I've been at this for a minute now. Oh, yes. How do you make money from social media influencer? You know what? Let me pull up my girl, Shanti, and let's talk about this thing. Hey, Shanti, good morning. Hey, Pastor Steph. Hey, girl. How are you? <laughs> How are you this morning? I'm fine, thank you. Okay, I got another resounding yes. You can make money from being a social media influencer. How, Shanti? Where's the money? You have to live, sleep, eat, breathe social media in order to monetize from being a social media influencer because there's a lot of um, collaborations that you have to do. Um, you can get sponsored by other brands that are heavily promoted on social media. You have to always post, oh, and you have to post credible content, you know, not your food on a paper plate, but you have to be real creative and authentic when you're striving to be a social media influencer. There is a lot of work that is put into it. So you can definitely make money, but if you're a lazy person, that is a dream deferred. Don't even attempt because that is something that you have to do in your sleep in order for you to really be able to make a living from it. Wow, wow, wow. Well, yeah. I got a couple of exactly guesses. Um, yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's, it's a lot. Wow, somebody said, and you can make a lot of money doing it. Yes, yes. Wow. There's social media influencers that their annual income. Some uh, one of them, I watched one of her videos, and making like five, six thousand dollars is nothing. Five, six thousand dollars a month. Um, some of them make way more. But they even have now how you can become a social media influencer without having a lot of followers. You know, once upon a time, you have to have thousands and thousands on top of thousands of followers in order to be a social media influencer. You don't have to. You can have very little followers but still be able to make a living from it, but it really has to be something that you do all the time. 
Well, tell me, how could Pastor Steph become a social media influencer? If I said I want to be a social media influencer. Right. Pastor Steph has to want to be in front of the camera all the time. Like, Pastor Pastor Steph is dope (laughs) with, with with her audio podcast. And, and, and I hope the peanut gallery chimes in on this too, because we've been telling Pastor Steph, your voice is great. However, it's been time for Pastor Steph to be in front of the camera. That's the only way, Pastor Steph. And I'm ready to take my 20%. Thank you. But I, I can help you. But, it, but it's, it's a lot. No, Pastor Steph has to be in front of the camera all the time, posting all the time, have, again, good incredible content and that's not only posts that's stories as well that you have to choose at least two social media platforms that you are going to be consistent on so in your case facebook and if you want to do instagram so it would be facebook and instagram that you focus on because you cannot focus on every social media platform you would just pass out but choose those whatever two and focus on those and have like a like two three days set aside where all you do is just generate content. So you shoot your videos, you um, do your hashtags, you write out your captions and all of that. And the other days you focus on posting, you focus on networking, you focus on sending out emails, you focus on it, it's it's a whole lot entail. It's possible, but you have to set your schedule up and you have to be in front of the camera all the time now for the record for the record when i said how could pastor steph become a social media influencer pastor steph herself does not want it um like you said you know i have to do all all of those things you know i'm trying to get this information for some other people whoever wants to because i'm going to be honest what you're describing even when you first started talking Immediately, I said to myself, that's not for me. Um, not only has nothing mm-hmm. to do with really being even in front of the camera. You're talking about, I, I have, I'm a pastor. I don't have that kind of time mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure there are other pastors mm-hmm. out there who can be. But for, for Pastor Steph, I can't see focusing on lives, you know, trying to lead lives into the kingdom. And now mm-hmm. I, I need to be in front of a camera. I need to be posting. I need to be doing all this. No, no, no. Because leaving, leading lives into the kingdom entails being personable. You know, I have to target. You know, I have Absolutely. to focus on Mary. I have on John. You know, so you know, I can't see really being a uh, pastor step, being a social media what influencer. It, One of the reasons why I learned it the way I did is because I'm already out there. You know what I'm saying? So for a person who's already out there, that information that you gave is good if that's their desire to be a social media influencer. You know, if if, if my hair was always done or if my makeup was always done or, you know, I, I just couldn't sit in front and do that kind of stuff. Three days a week, I need to hours but in, in the your day. Case, so, Steph, you know, after in, I, your, in your case, but in your case, Pastor Steph, you you would have a team. You would have a team because of individuals as yourself who 
you don't have an obligation the way you do. It doesn't mean that others don't have those type of obligations. But you would have a team that someone you trust who would handle your social media pages for you. So there are times you would defer to me or Deacon Anika to post on pages for you. You know, yes, you do the bulk of them. You do 95% of it. But there are times where you will rely on one of us or both of us to post something. So in your case, it would be you would sit down with those few people who you trust. They understand you. They understand how you speak, what you would like posted. You can even give bit by bit, this is what I wanted to say, so on and so forth, da, da, da. And they, it's their job to now take the time to post on social media for you to keep up with analytics to you know let you know okay pastor Steph is better if you were to do it this way or do it that way so you're if God was to tell you okay I need you to do these lives or I need you to do this I need you to post that you know you can solely focus on the message focus on the people while your team focuses on just spreading the word spreading your you know what you're saying and your content for you because it it is very it is extremely time consuming, and that's one of the reasons why I haven't got there yet. Because like by the time you want to do your hair, get up, you're supposed to eat right. And I gotta remember the health tips that Pastor Steph gave. I ate this, now I'm sleepy. I can't do this. Got work on embroidery. It's just like, all right, I ain't a post at all today. Forget about trying to be an influencer. You ain't a post at all. You know that day. So it you really have to have a, a set regimen. But in your case, your team is everything. Okay, so you hear that out there, people who want to be influencers. If you are a pastor staff and you've already started this process and you want to, you know, increase and you can't physically do it yourself, maybe you can pull together a reliable team to get this done. Now, for pastor staff, I have to sleep. I'm sorry. My body just can't handle it. I'm always in pain. So I need to sleep. So I couldn't be very influential if I'm yawning. I can't be influential if I need to take a nap and I need to find a bed. And God forbid I got to get out and go somewhere. That that definitely going to kill that day. So, you know, I, that, that, you know again, I'm being honest. You know, I, going through all of this, you know, uh, physical challenges, you know, that prevents me. So for those of you who don't have the pastor step physical challenge, hey, you just heard how you can make, Shati says you can make, hey, $5,000 easy. I've got people texting. Um, somebody somebody else texted and they said, uh, being an influencer can also lead to other ventures. So, yeah. you know, somebody else says a better pay. You know, so listen, the opportunities are out there. I say Grab it up. Um, you know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, I have no problem, you know, with that. I think, you know, God has definitely, um, you know, uh, uh, given a lot of us, you know, the ability to make our own money, you know, start your own. You know, if that's not for everybody, because I'm going to tell you something, I've done that for years. And I've held down a nine to five. Chantice can tell you, 
I, man, mm-hmm. you talk about when I was well, I could juggle. I was a monster at juggling and would not step down and would not, it wouldn't bother me. So, unfortunately, it's run its course. So, I need to do one thing at a time <laughs> and not too much of anything because going to the store is a challenge. So, you know, listen, if you got it, make it happen. Um, Shantice, I want you to hold on. I want to talk to Brother Al because I'm going to give Brother Al another question out here. Thank you so much for that in, um, in, um, information. I so appreciate that. Awesome. Brother Al, good morning. Good morning, chop of the morning, chop of the morning. Oh, Brother Al, listen. You know, just that thing is doing a story here about the inmates in Wisconsin who have been um, locked down in their cells for days because um, at the end of the day, they're in really bad conditions because they say there's a shortage of personnel. There, there are no correction officers. And in, in the federal prison, it's gotten so bad that they've had to use nurses, teachers, and cooks to guard the inmates. In Texas, it's gotten so bad that they have to lock their inmates in their cells on the weekends. So Monday through Friday, they're out and about, but the staff gets shorter on the weekends, so therefore there's, there's no, you know, coverage. Um, and last week, we spoke about the shortage of the bus drivers. We spoke about the shortage of the teachers. We sh- talked about the shortage of the police force. People don't want to work because the jobs are out here, clearly. The jobs are out here. Why do you think people don't want to work? I, I I don't think it's that people don't want to work. I think it's those certain jobs. You know, they they want you to do so much, but then they're ready to hang you when something happens. <laughs> you know, it's just like oh, a perfect example, like the prison. My brother works in the prison system. So if you're in there and these inmates, they do crazy stuff. So the inmate can mess around and take, if they mad at you or don't like you, right, they get a bowl, cup, or whatever, and they put urine and feces in it and throw it in your face, and there's nothing you can do. If you flip off and you hit one of them or something like that, they try to fire you. They try to put you in jail. So it's a lot of stuff that they don't protect the workers, and people be like, nah, I'm not taking that job. You know, just like here as, as working in the school, you know, a student flip off and you fighting on the border, you doing something, this student just decide, I'm going to punch the teacher in the face, I want to do that. And you retaliate, you're getting fired, you're getting put in jail. So it's, it's, how, they're, it's how they're treating people and, and the consequences for you protecting yourself. So people are like, no, I'm not trying to get in and do this. So I think that's what the issue is. I don't think is that people don't want to work. People just don't want those certain jobs. Well, this here's, here's why I can't agree with you, because we're not talking about certain jobs. This market, this, the people are hiring all over the place, and yet people don't have jobs. The, the, the job market is heavy now. Again, you talk, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. 
I definitely get what you're saying because, like you said, you know, with teachers and things like that, you know, the, the rules and regulations, and we've talked about this before, rules and regulations and, and uh, punishment and things like that, you're absolutely right, Brother Al. It has really dampened the desire to be a teacher, to be a, a CO, um, but you, you've got everywhere we look, there is a shortage of employment. Not employment, let me rephrase that. A shortage of workers. So you've got a shortage of workers, the bus drivers. You've got a shortage of workers for teachers. You've got a shortage of workers for the police department. You've got everywhere you turn around, there's a shortage of workers. Every article, every week we're reading that there is a shortage. And this seems to be have become greater and greater. So it has to be an issue of the mentality of people. Now, one of the things that was put out this morning, someone said, entrepreneurship. There's The market for being an entrepreneur is greater than years ago. What do you say about that? Oh, yeah, it definitely is. You know, people looking at, well, I'm going to work for somebody when I can do things myself. I was listening to, um, you know, you and Shantif talking about the social media thing. You even got now where they got kids doing gaming. I got I got young kids. I'm talking about in junior high school that are gamers. You know, they got the little headset and they put these games out and they making money. They making money. It's crazy. And I'm sitting there like, wow. Hey, you know, just um, like you were saying on there, there's one guy, I don't know if you ever heard of him, his brothers. One name is Jake Paul and I forgot the other. Both of them last name is Paul. And Jake is making millions. Like, he got to the point where he didn't got to professional boxer. One of the brothers boxed against Mayweather. Like, something that's unheard of. But because he got so many followers, you know, Mayweather's smart, too. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and fight this bum dude and make $100 million. Why not? I'm going to make $100 million, I'm going to give him $20 million. You know, so it's there. It was one guy that was on there. He, he posted, you know, joking and carrying on. And now he's going to wilding out with Nick Cannon. You know what I'm saying? So... People are looking at this stuff and be like, shoot, I can do that too. But like Shanti said, you got to have like two, three phones, two, three batteries, because you got to be on that posting all the time. All the time. There's no break from posting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and it's just that stuff. i give you a perfect example, right? When COVID first came out and I got COVID, and I was trying to encourage people from what I went through, and I made a short video. And I normally don't do posting, but God put on my heart to let people know about this. And I did a short video practice now, and I posted it. And within the weekend, I had 6,000 hits. And I'm like, wow. wow. You know, people, people was asking me questions. Now, if I'm going to follow through with that, I could have said, okay, and follow through because these people was following me and everything. I just ain't a social media person. So okay. just that quick on the weekend, I had 6,000 people. So if I had kept doing it, I'd probably had a million or whatever, you know. But I just can't be sitting there on this doggone phone all the time. <laughs> you know, so I think right. there is people hey. looking like people looking like, yo, this stuff is easy. Okay, I'm on my phone anyway. Let me make some money with it. I got like I said, I got middle school kids. I love video games. So they get on there and, and you look at them, they posting crazy stuff. They get other kids to join in and play against them and then they tell their friend and the other kids, I got one kid just making money. He ain't making a whole lot of money, but he's making something by just doing gaming. So I think that's what it is. People wow. are like, you know what? Let me take my own money. Yeah. Yeah. It's out there heavy, too. Okay. I, I think that's 
I think that I think that's a lot to do with the two people. Like, yo, I ain't trying to work for the fire. I'm just called. I can I can do this and make money. They doing it. Well, Especially I, if you call stuff actually, up that got drama yeah. in it, because people love drama. You see the TV yeah. shows, people love right. drama, and yeah. that's what yeah. and that's what the dude Jake yeah, did. What good. I would say, Jake Paul. That's what he do. He gets on and create okay. jobs. He he got he got over. Uh, I think he got over like five million followers. It's crazy. His his numbers is insane. And even on YouTube, if you post a video up on YouTube and they get a certain amount of hits, YouTube pay you for that. Right, mm-hmm. right, 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 right. Well, you know, I do I do admit that you know. Um, the bad employers and, um, you know, mean employers and things like that, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't help with people running back to the office. I know one of the things that's keeping people from, you know, um, working is the fact that the nine to five, you know, having mm-hmm. those regimented hours, you know, people, you know, over the pandemic, you know, got to be free, you know, where they can work, you know, from home, you know, and now they don't have to worry about, you know, they've given them that ability to stay home and work for a couple of days and things like that. So it's not that people don't want to work, but listen, I don't want to be locked down to punching a clock. I don't want you following me. I don't want you asking me where I am. I want to take, you know, an extra half hour for lunch. These things matter to people. I've been watching, you know, the news because I got to pull up news every day. And that's one of the biggest things that's out here. People have been complaining about having to go back to work. What do you think about that one, Shanti? Absolutely. For one, a lot of people are lacking discipline. And they're not willing to learn discipline. So there goes your set. I got to be to work by 9, take my lunch at 12. I must be back by 1, and I clock out for the day at 5. Anybody trying to hear that? You know, and in addition to that, because this entrepreneurship mentality is really high, you got people who are willing to, you know, work the 9 to 5, until they can get their business and or brand, you know, off the ground. And that means that there is no sleep regimen, really, because I'm go- I'm literally at work from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., but I might be, if I can't work on my business and or brand while I'm at that job, I definitely have to use all the time outside of work to devote to getting this business up off the ground, which means I'm not really getting any sleep. So now I really ain't trying to hear nothing too much longer about having to clock back into your job at 9 a.m. when I ain't go to sleep until 6. So I think it has a little to do with both ends, you know, combined. There's laziness and lack of discipline and, um, you know, with people wanting to, get their business off, it's like, okay, I'm sacrificing sleep. And then after a while, people then end up choosing to just really rough it out. You know, at least it's like, okay, if I can just get by with paying my rent, you know, eating is a luxury nowadays. So if I can just get by with paying my rent, 
then I'll quit this nine to five if it means that I can devote more time to this because I it, it's just too much for me to have to listen to you tell me what time I have to be to work and what time I get to take a break. One of the reasons why I won't work for myself. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Brother Al, you know, I don't want to be regimented. I don't want to have to get up and go into an office or on this site every day and, you know, I've got somebody looking over my shoulder and, you know, I don't want to be micromanaged. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I think that's absolutely true. You know, I, I think what um, COVID spawned people, you know, because like you said, once you yeah. got to, even with the kids, you know, when we had to do stuff online, you know, and the parents wasn't watching the kids. I had kids get online, pass the stuff, log on, turn their camera off and go get back in the bed. So you don't know if they're on the line or not. <laughs> and, right. and, and it was crazy right. because I used to right. get at them about that because, see, Florida, Florida at the time was different. Florida was like, okay, you you work if you um doing school from home, your child need to have a, a specific place in the house and they have to have their camera on at all times. If they need to go to the restroom, they raise right. their hand, they just don't go. They you know, they had it they had it regulated. But New York was just like, Oh, but you know the kids don't have to have their camera on and I'm sitting there calling the kid and I'm like, Yo, you there? His camera off, he in the bed. <laughs> you know, he, wow. he just logged on and got on the bed. And I didn't like it. I wanted to come to school because these kids were getting on my nerves. I'm, I remember being on there and talking to a class, and they mute me because I'm learning this system. And it's amazing on how fast these kids pick up on electronics. So I'm talking, and the kid's muting me, <laughs> and they're like, oh, oh, Mr. Al, we can't hear you. And I'm like, how about fuck? I'm, so I'm mute. They kept muting me. They was able to kick other kids off the room. I had to learn the whole system. I'm like, you know what? I need to see y'all in school so I can regulate this. Wow. I think I think it's, it's uh, I think it's just um you know they got spoiled and it was like you know I'm here you know I, I'm used to being home I don't want to get up and go to work and I got somebody over my shoulder I'm home I ain't got nobody on my shoulder I ain't got to get dressed if I don't want to I ain't got to do my hair I can you know I can turn my camera off you know they got used to that right yeah I I, I believe. You know, that, you know, the uh, the whole regimen, the whole issue of I don't have to deal with a pesky uh, supervisor or manager, you know, someone who I didn't get along with. I don't have to worry about getting along with coworkers or I don't have to deal with coworkers and things like that. I mean, a lot of that, became, you know, came into play. So, you know, people don't want to have to go through that. Here's an issue that I want to bring up. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll you know, Pastor, personal. You know, yeah, go, go, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, because it sounded like you were getting ready to say what I was going to say, but so you go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, you can tell me if this is what I was going to say. You know, I I worked from very early in life, um, you know, and, you know, I didn't work off the books. I always worked, you know, where I had to pay taxes and, you know, put into Social Security and Medicare and all of that kind of stuff. And one day I woke up ill. One day I woke up, I was not the same person anymore after going through, you know, several surgeries and things like that. And I ended up um, being able to collect Social Security. And I am collecting Social Security disability, which means that I had enough work quotas in to be able to get my money that I had put in the tank, if you will, early. 
So here's, here's my point. You know, I, I say to my girls, you know, listen, do, 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 your, do, your, do your work. You know, get out there, you know, get your job, work, you know, and just do what I did. I actually, you know, honed several crafts while I was working. So, you know, I was able to branch off if I wanted to. Um, but, you know, before I was 50, I was able to collect Social Security. And a lot of people cannot do that. If you, leave, if you never work, you don't put money in, and you, so you're there for, God forbid, you get sick, you have no money to pull out or live off of. So my, okay. my, my, my advice to you all is you have a way. I don't know if a lot of people are telling you this, but hairdressers and other people have done it. Self-employed people have done it. You can pay into Social Security. You can put away into the Medicare bank. So even though you're working for yourself, Please do that so that, God forbid, anything happens later. Now, here's what you also want to do. You don't want to put $5 in the kitty either. One of the reasons mm-hmm. why I was able to fall back is I always made good money. So, therefore, what, what went in the tank was good money. So now I'm able to live well. I'm able to live well off of my Social Security disability insurance. So when you are working independently, you can put away for later God spares your life. So make sure you find the equivalent. So Shanti said, yeah, well, it's it's nothing to make $5,000. Well, you're also going to have to pay taxes on your money as well. So in other Mm -hmm. words, do it the right way. Put your money away. If you can make that $5,000 as an influencer, fine. Do your research. Find out how much taxes you're supposed to pay on your money. Find out what they would be taking out for Social Security, city and state, you know, whatever your, um, your deductions, your statutory deductions would be. Statutory deductions. You're learning something today. Statutory deductions are deductions that must come out of your paycheck, such as federal deductions, city and state. You're talking about um, Social Security and Medicare. Those are statutory deductions. Those are things that once I get paid from an employer, whether I want to or not, they're going to take those things out off the top. So if you are um, an, an entrepreneur, Please make sure that you do your due diligence because all I could think about was when I got ill, if I were not working and and making the money that I made, you know, I would be able to possibly get Social Security, but it would be SSI. And SSI, you, you get what the government gives you. Big difference that if you were to fall back on your own dollars. And I'm not fighting. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm, I'm telling you right now. So I, I wanted to make sure to put that out there. Brother Al, I will talk to you first because you're in my age era. Let's talk about this for a minute. we got a couple of minutes before we go into our 
switch it. What would you like to say about that? No, you're 100% right. And being that you're getting so much money, let me hold $5. I'll give it back to you next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me hold $5. But, <laughs> but you know, you, you want, you're 100% right. And a lot of people, they don't think about that, especially entrepreneurs or those who are doing their own thing. They get so caught up with, like, I'm making this money, I'm doing this. They're not paying taxes. And let me tell you something. The IRS is going to get their money. I'm telling you, they're going to get it. It might not be right now. It might not be this year, but they're going to get their money. And when they come for you, they're going to come for you hard. So those are things that uh, uh, Pastor Zephyr is putting out there that is absolutely uh, excellent. And and, and I'm glad that you put that out there because I'm quite sure a lot of people didn't know what you just was talking about. And it's very, very important because sometimes we don't look for the future. We look for right now. And those things, those things right. can take care of you, you know. Like with me, with my pension, I put, like, what's the most I can do without hurting me? And I put into it. Take it all out. I don't care. So now when it's time for me to retire, I don't have to be that old man doing security. I, t- I tell the kids, I say, why, you th- why you think you see that old man doing security? He, it's not that he wants to work. Right. It's just that his pension is not enough That's for right. to work. Right. So especially That's us right, of right. color, that, that especially us of color, we, we don't look into those things. I'm looking into just so much stuff that I wish I would have known earlier, but I'm just looking because when I retire, I, I don't have to be rich. I want to be comfortable. I ain't gotta, I, when I retire, I want to retire. I don't want to have to work. So those are things that right. listeners, please, please hear pass stuff out and hear us. Make sure your business is taken care of. Or I'm telling you, you're going to be 70 years old working in the, working in Walmart. Checking, 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 uh, yeah. checking receipts, and you know, not to put them people down, but when you retire, you want to right. relax and enjoy the rest of the life that God has for you. Yes, good point, brother. Al. Good point about the pension. Four one k. I used to work as mm-hmm. a payroll administrator. Want to tell you something? For years, one of my um, jobs. I, I worked in the accounting department. I always worked very high up where I got an opportunity to see the numbers. We, as Brother Al said, people of color, we had nothing. <laughs> oh my gosh, we had nothing. If we, ha- if we had anything, you had five dollars. Five dollars is it, it will do nothing for you later. Because if you think $5 is nothing now, wait till later, God's spirit, your life is going to be even less. And I would watch the other side of the fence with millions and thousands, and I'm talking about triple digits, six digits I'm talking about. Um, when I say triple digits, it means on the back end of that comma. We had, I mean, they had much dollars. So what I did you had a certain amount of time. You would have to be employed with the company um, for 18 months. And what I would do is that was part of your orientation. And what would happen is when it would be time, we would notify you that it was time and you could apply for, you know, you could start putting into 401K. And nobody on our side of the fence was responding, as always. When you talk to them, I can't afford it. No excuse. 401k is pre-tax. 
Let me help you understand something. Here's how this works. For those of you, listen, listen, look at what God has given you all today. Pre-tax me. If you make a thousand dollars, pre-tax means that it comes off in the beginning. So if you say, give me one percent, take one percent out, that one percent comes off and you are taxed on the balance. You are no longer taxed on one thousand dollars. You are now taxed on the 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 the, the uh, balance. So if if you ended up with nine hundred dollars because you contributed a hundred dollars, you are not taxed on a thousand dollars. You are taxed on nine hundred dollars. So let me help you understand something. You can't afford not to contribute. You need to contribute because that benefits you in so many ways. Not only that, it is a savings account. Do not put your money in stocks and bonds. Yes, I'm telling you this. Trust me, I'm on the inside. I saw it. Do not put your money there. It is a gamble. Why do you think people were jumping off buildings? Because when the stock market goes down, your pennies go away. Put it in something equivalent to a money market. I don't know what they have out there now, but do your research. And people say, oh, it doesn't, it's, it's not beneficial. Excuse me. It is very beneficial because later on, you can actually take your money and you can take out a loan for educational purposes. If you want to send your children to school, you can take it out to pay off medical bills. You can take it out for a uh, down payment on a home. And let me help you understand something. When you take a loan against yourself, you pay yourself back. You go to the bank, you go to a finance company, you take a loan from them. Guess what? You are paying them back. You will not see that money again. But if you take it from your 401k, which you can borrow from after a certain amount of time, for those particular purposes you can primarily borrow for, you are now repaying second back. So if you took out $1,000, when you put your when you have the repayment terms, you are now building back that $1,000. If you take out a loan from Chase, you are now paying them back, and they get that and interest. So it benefits you to take to start putting in 401k. So here's what I started doing. When I alerted people and I said, listen, you can now start contributing into 401k, and they say, um, you know, they don't respond, I go to them after a while and say, what happened? 401k, three months ago, I can't afford to excuse me, here's the form, fill it out, put out 1%. You smoke cigarettes, there goes your cigarette money. Listen, you're killing yourself. Put money away for a rainy day. When I left jobs, I had 401k in the bank, so I was able to get money. When I left the job, the money belongs to you. You cannot afford not to be a part of 401k or your pension. If they offer it, put into it. You cannot afford not to contribute. It will only benefit you. Please stop living this N-I-G-G-A mentality. Please (laughs) stop. Be educated. And we are educating you today. So I'm glad Brother Al brought out the pension thing. 
because oh, yeah. it benefits you. You, it benefits you later. So I'm talking about the white man. I don't want to hear nothing about that. This benefits you. I'm telling you from the inside, Brother Al is telling you as a working individual. He's worked a long time out of his life. He tells the story all the time. Take the wisdom and the knowledge and run with it. Because I'm going to tell you something. I'm looking at a lot of adults. And Brother Al, you can, you can put a stamp on this or not before we go. How many people now our age are looking, scratching their heads, talking about I wish I had? Oh, yeah, most, most definitely. And you can put it in one simple way, especially for us Christians. Just like you can't afford not to pay tithes, you can't afford not to hook it up on your job. <laughs> Two like things it. you can't afford. I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that, Brother Al. Your best return is to give your money to the Lord first. It belongs to him anyway. Give it back. And watch how it will come back. The Bible tells us that he will return it in such a large amount that there will not even be enough room to hold it. Ah, very good, Brother Al. Another good step. Thank you so much, Brother Al, for joining us today. Boy, was this a different conversation today on oh, relationship yeah. tips. But thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation. We pray you have a blessed day. Oh, yes, indeed. Y'all, y'all have a blessed day as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Shanti. Good morning again. Thank you so much for uh, chipping in and participating with our conversation. What you got for us today? Today, I have the switch with Shanti, where we make the switch from the streets to our godly seat. And our switch tip 160 is shift your focus. And the definition of focus, the center of interest or activity or to pay particular attention to. And we have to learn the importance of stop focusing on what's wrong with you and start focusing on Jesus. And this is one of the biggest tricks and scams and schemes of the enemy because his job is to distract. So if he can distract you by keeping your flaws in the forefront of your mind, keeping your flaws visual, keeping your mistakes and your desires that you may be battling with, that God may be, you know, teaching you how to overcome, if he can keep all of those things in the forefront of your mind, if he can keep all of those things in the center of your interest or your activities, so your activities have everything to do with your flaws and the things that you're struggling with, if he can help you to pay particular attention to the things that you would consider wrong with you, there is no time to now focus on Jesus. And when we're talking about focusing on Jesus, we have to make sure that we're focusing on pressing towards the goal. Everyone has their own path that God takes them on, but everyone has the same end result. And the end result is to receive the crown of life and to make it into the kingdom. Philippians 3, 12-15b in the New Living Translation reads, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, 
I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things, and it has everything to do with spiritual maturity because spiritual maturity says, I ain't got this all together. I am, I just got finished telling Pastor Steph and a few other people that, you know, if I go curse and I talk to God, it'll be a whole lot. So I'm not cursing actually, Jesus. But it's just like, well, I am messed up. What is wrong with me? What is wrong with my thinking some of the time? <laughs> What is, I'm sitting here and I'm doing one thing and my thoughts just take me another place. Like, what is happening? You're dealing with me on one level with one thing and we're here. I'm thinking, okay, God brought this to my attention. Let me focus on, you know, getting this together or even wrapping my head around the fact that this is deeper than what I realized it was. Here it is. You got me reading something else and revealing something else that I'm going on with me. I ain't quite right. But spiritual maturity says that, God, the only reason why you are bringing this to my attention is not to bash me, is not to talk down to me, is not to keep me down. It's because you are saying, I am ready to clean this up. You have the ability to do better. You have the ability to step out of this. And I have to make you aware of this, Shanti, so that you can get better. It is not to be consumed with this, but to understand what I am pulling you away from or what I am instilling in you and so that your focus can be on where I'm taking you and not where you are now. So when we make sure that we're focused on pressing toward the goal, it's very little time you have to focus on what's wrong with you now. Because, okay, that's wrong with me. I don't want this wrong with me no more because I want to get over there. Even if you don't understand yet because God doesn't always give you the specific things <laughs> because sometimes if he tells you the specific things and you're not focused on some of the details on how to get there but if you just focus on that spiritual maturity says I'm just going to follow your, your lead God and I'm only going to focus on the things that you want me to focus on and it, it comes with a lot of discipline but again it's all about focusing on Jesus Matthew 24:13, New Living Translation reads and this is from the mouth of Jesus but the one who endured to the end will be saved. And this word endure has been highlighted with me for a few years now. And when you when you have the spiritual maturity to understand that you have to put up with certain things and putting up with yourself, and I will continue to say this, there is no type of maturity in you. If you do not allow God to teach you how to put up with yourself, because you can't leave yourself. You can't leave yourself here and leave the house. You can't go somewhere else and leave yourself there and come back home. You go with you everywhere. And if you don't learn how to deal with you, I don't care how many babies you've had, I don't care how much money you've made, I don't care what you qualify great life experiences to be. If you do not know how to endure yourself and to endure the process that God has for you to make you a better person, you will never be mature, whether that's spiritually mature, whether that's mature in the streets, well, that depends on what you define mature in the streets. But, you know, for, for people who have any real level of sense, you won't be mature even in the world if you don't know how to deal with yourself. So we have to make sure that we're making the conscious decision of making the switch from focusing on our flaws, our sins, the things we're struggling with, and making sure that we're focusing on Jesus, asking him to teach us what should be the center of our interests and our activities and what he needs us to pay particular attention to. 
Thank you, Pastor Steph. Ah, thank you, Shanti. Thank you for that wonderful switch tip. And we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you, you too. All right. Oh. Music is always playing in the background. It kind of give us our, <laughs> our little, I hate that airy sound. So um, let me get this benediction. Oh, we're going back to the beginning. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Number 6, 22, 26. Ah. Boy, that was a good conversation this morning. Really good conversation this morning. Uh, give God thanks for the very air we breathe. You know, when God gave me this uh, podcast to do, I had no idea what He wanted to get out of me. What did He what He wanted me to present? You know, He gave me facts. He gave me you're going to be on every morning from 7 to 9, and I was like, wow, every morning? I'm going to have something to say every morning? And, you know, he designed and outlined um, this broadcast, and, you know, I'm grateful that I don't have to guess, you know, in a sense, what I have to do. You know, like I said earlier, you know, this the, the due time crew was very sparse today. Um, technically, I only had one individual because Shanti, I don't use on Mondays because I leave her for the switch tip. But, you know, I have to pull it in and, you know, have Brother Al in this morning. And, you know, but look at how great the conversation was. And this is why you have to shift your focus. When God gives you something to do, you never have to worry about anything. Ever, 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 ever. I don't care what due time crew member I'm left with. There were days it would only be me and Tamika. There would be days it was only me and Pastor K.L. There'd be some, some Fridays it's just me and Brother Al. Because I can't pull Shanti for him because she's not a male. So we never are short of a conversation. You know, there are certain days you're just listening to me, you know, for the whole hour like today, for the whole first half of the morning pretty much with me, and I'm not afraid, you know, like, oh, my God, what am I going to talk about? You know, I give God thanks that he educates us in so many different shapes, forms, and formats that we always have a word for God's people, whether it's experience, whether it's someone else's information that they have passed over, and today, where we were just full of information from experience. And, you know, when the, the sister comes that shift your focus, only what you do for Christ will last. I promise you that. Only what you do for Christ will last. You will shuffle around this world doing a whole lot of things. You know, one of the misconceptions is, 
you know, I, 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 you know, I only got one life to live, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna live my life, and I'm living my best life, and you know, um, I, I, no, 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 no. You know, the Bible tells us that, you know, we are all fearfully and wonderfully made, each and every one of us as an individual. The Bible also tells us that before we were in, even in our mother's womb, the Lord formed us. So how could I not go back to the very creator that formed me and knew me by name? And, you know, we always make a joke. I used to, uh, people used to always ask my mother, how come Stephanie doesn't have a middle name? My mother had her own special ancestor. And, you know, can you imagine while my mother was trying to figure out what she wanted to name me, that God already had my name? He already knew my name. And even if he didn't specifically call me Stephanie, he called me by name. He knew who I was. He knew who I was going to be, even when I was talking about I want to do this and I want to do that and I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that. One of the reasons why the the workforce is not populated the way it used to be is because years ago, you know, the focus was to get a job and to stay on that job till it was retirement time. They didn't put a whole lot of thought in what they wanted to do and, you know, what they were really good at and going out and getting that education and then going to get that job. They were just thinking about making that money to raise their families. They would stay on that job. They wanted a good job with benefits, and that was their focus. And I don't beat them up about it, not at all, because, again, that's what it was back then. These days and times, we don't think the same. These days and times, one of the reasons why the workforce is not populated the way it used to be is simply because we are a greedy group of people. I don't know if you realize that. You have a generation that's coming in who they don't want to work from scratch. You know, when we were, when we were getting into the workforce, we had something they used to call a girl guy Friday. I've mentioned that here before. And that was, you did the grunt work of the office. You did the grunt work, you know, of, of, of the job. You know, you just did whatever you were told to do. And what that gave you an opportunity to do was to kind of do a little bit of everything. And you kind of got to know what you liked and what you didn't like. And you weren't paid a lot of money to do it. These days and times, people are not interested in that. They come out the womb talking about what they don't want to make. They have done nothing, and they want to make top dollar. $15 an hour is the minimum wage. Boy, do you know how long it took us to make $15 an hour? And we made it work. We weren't a complaining group of people. We simply made it work, and that's who we are today. But these days and times, the workforce is different. Remember, I talked about last week, you know, the, the group of people who, you know, they wanted to make $30 an hour, and they were only making $42 an hour. 
and you know a thousand people in the town. The name of the police force was named after the town. That's how small it was. That's how small it is. But they wanted to make their top dollar. And I'm not mad at you, but I need you to understand that, hey, it's not always like that. That sometimes, you, it, you know, certain things compensate for, for the dollar that you don't get. And you have to look at what God blesses you with that a dollar could never pay for. Yes. And a lot of us don't look at things like that. You know, I... I complained a long time about not being able to make the money that I was really supposed to make. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I, I was really underpaid. I was paid well, but I was underpaid. But when I thought about it, I could leave the job when I wanted to and go back. I could come in early and leave early. I could come in late and leave late. Um, I went in at times when Others didn't have to go in, and I got to take another day off. Um, there was confession given because I had children, an early child when I first started the job. I was able to go into that job later than, than everyone else. You know, so certain things God will bless you with that has nothing to do with a dollar. How has God blessed you where a dollar can never pay for that blessing? could never make up for what he's giving you. I mean, to, to be able to leave my job at a moment's notice and go home and come back, and I took an extra half hour for lunch or, you know, whatever I had to do, I couldn't put a dollar on that. But had they paid me more money, maybe they would have been looking at me a little cross-eyed when I said, hey, I want to do this or I need to do that. And they're like, oh, excuse us. We pay you a little too much for you to be walking off this job anytime you want to walk off the job. So think about how God blesses you. Shift the focus. What is God doing for you that somebody else doesn't get? You know, we're always looking across the table. Grass is always green on the other side. What is God blessing you with that the other person may not even be getting? But their job looks so great. The gravy tastes so much better for them than for you. So give God thanks for what he's given you. And stop complaining. All right? All right. You've been listening to It's New Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit as you go through your day. Be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph down and off, and I want to thank my due time crew for hanging in there with me. Thank you for hanging out with me. Oh, please do not miss this opportunity to give the Lord your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, where it's Let's Talk About It Tuesday, Church Folk Day. God spare our life. Until then, I love you.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.